We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another question from Raymond. We hear so much about the prowess of Ohio State for placing wide receivers up to the next level. Isn't Junior Adams a phenomenal coach as far as bringing the best of the young men he coaches? Yeah, I think that uh, Junior Adams is is definitely a really strong coach. Uh, obviously, he coached Cooper Cup during his time at Eastern Washington, um, and he's kind of the crown jewel of Junior Adams as a recruiter. Um, but he also worked with some good receivers at Washington, and I think he's definitely a recruit, uh, a coach, excuse me, that kind of doesn't get the recognition that he deserves. But wait until Troy Franklin goes to the league. I think that he could be the next feather in Junior Adams's cap as a developer. Um, he's been kind of all over the place as far as where he's trying to target guys in this 24 class. Um, if you're looking at who they signed in 23, you have California with Jurion Dickey. He's a Bay Area guy. Junior Adams is a Bay Area guy. That one just makes sense. You have Ashton Cozart from the state of Texas. He's originally a Pacific Northwest guy, so you can see some of the connections kind of working out there. Uh, but Junior Adams is trying to push into uh, Texas some more and, and into Missouri some more. Um, and uh, I think you're really just going to see him continue to grow as a coach. He's certainly one of the best recruiters and I think one of the better developers on this staff. Um, I think that Brian McClendon, if you want to compare the two, it's a little bit tricky because the Ducks didn't pass the ball very much. Um, but I think that Maybe some fans were, were a little bit worried about the future of the wide receiver spot when Junior Adams comes over from Washington, of all places. You're hiring a, a rival coach, right? But I think he's been an absolute stud on this coaching staff, and he's only going to continue to get better for the Ducks. So super, super uh, happy with the way that Junior Adams has done a great job at Oregon. Uh, Chris has a question. Texas is killing it in recruiting like they usually do, but will it equate to wins on the field or will the Longhorns do the usual and fall into mediocrity? Yeah, this is kind of cool. I mean, getting a question that's not even related to Oregon. Um, it's, this is always fun. Um, yeah, I think that, uh, obviously Texas has, uh, quite a bit of work to do, uh, when it comes to the on the field product after going six and three, in Big 12 play last year, eight and five overall. I think that fell well short of the mark that Steve Sarkeesian set for this team. Um, but I think that 2023 will really go a long way in telling us if the Longhorns are for real because Texas and Texas A&M kind of have, um, you know, similar, similar deals here. Um, they're both recruiting powers. 
but Texas A&M went five and seven last year after signing the best recruiting class in the program's history. So I think that Texas, I'm almost feeling, I'm more confident right now that Texas is going to be able to pan out and get some wins on the field versus Texas A&M. Um, but Jimbo Fisher and Steve Sarkeesian are two of the strongest offensive coaches in college football. So we'll have to see. We will absolutely have to see. See me on the big screen is here, giving a, a go ducks. What's going on? Thanks for being here. Uh, another question. Let's see what else we have. Um, we're getting some more. Uh, wow, we're seeing we're seeing a lot of comments here in the chat. So I'm doing my best to keep up with all of them. Um, Obi Obi one with another question. I'm totally new to recruiting, but what dictates what teams slash players to watch from a coach's standpoint? Um, yeah, I think when you're looking at what coaches are looking for, um, I think they obviously have their position that they're focused on, but they also kind of have little recruiting hotbeds that they're, um, that they're focused on, uh, just to kind of give you some insight into this current o Oregon coaching staff, Tosh Lapoy, the defensive coordinator, one of the biggest recruiters on Oregon staff. He's from California, from the Bay area. So he really has the California lockdown. Uh, Demetrius Martin, Oregon's cornerbacks coach. He's from Southern California. So he's really focused on that area in that state, but you're also going to see them try to expand their reach with top targets coming from outside of their recruiting zones. Will Stein is from the state of Texas. So he's instrumental in Oregon's work in the Lone Star state. Alik Terry is from Miami. So he's a big part of Oregon's recruiting efforts in the Sunshine state. And the list kind of goes on. But as far as what players to watch, I think part of it starts with looking at some of the best schools in the country, because that's ultimately where you want to find your guys at, um, which is why Oregon has looked to schools like St. John Bosco, like modern day. Uh, in this cycle, you have um, St. Francis Academy, home to Michael Van Buren, 2024 quarterback commit, and then Ify Obadegwu, 2024 cornerback commit. So I think you definitely start at some of those national powerhouse schools, but you also have to look at where you have connections geographically, uh, where guys are from. And then you have to also look at the camp circuit. A lot of the coaches uh, aren't always at these camps and they're also uh, looking at the seven on seven circuit, which I think is a little bit more hard to, a little bit harder to evaluate and you can't put too much weight into that. But I think that's a big part in where they find their players as well. So I think that's a, a loaded question, but try to do my best to, um, to, answer that one and then also see what kind of guys uh, players on the roster have connections to some of these top recruits as well. Okay. What do we have here? All right. Basically. All right. Question from Travis. What other recruits that committed to other schools within stable conferences do you think might now be interested in flipping back to Oregon? Yeah, this is a tough one. Wow. A lot of, a lot of questions on, on flipping. Um, I mean, we talked about Georgia. I think that Nate Frazier is someone that Oregon's going to stay in the mix for. I thought that Oregon had a great chance with him uh, leading up to his recruitment. I think Justin Williams is someone you continue to look at. Um, but as far as, you know, guys that are committed to other schools, I, I don't have too many other ones, um, to, to talk about, um, at least right now. Um, so maybe I already talked about some of them and you can listen back on this, uh, the earlier part of the episode. I just, I just don't want to be too repetitive. Zaheem with a question. Do you think Mateo will have 10 plus combined tackles for losses and sacks in his freshman season? I say yes. 
Ooh, those are those are some big numbers to look for to to strive for for sure. Not going to be easy for him to get there, but um, I don't know because I think right now when I'm just looking at Mateo's potential role in this defense, the only one that I can really compare it back to is Kayvon Thibodeau, who took some time and he was the number one player in the country, and he still took some time to get out to uh, to get up to that level. But I, I let's make the case for why Mateo could do it. Um, I think he had phenomenal coaching at St. John Bosco and uh, in the in the Southern California area. He's physically ready to go, you know, six foot five, 260, whatever it is. We still don't have updated roster uh, heights and weights right now um, as we enter the second week of fall camp for Oregon. Um, but I think he's there from a physical standpoint. He's probably there from a technical standpoint. Uh, I think that Jordan Birch talking about him doing things that other guys just can't do certainly bodes really well for him. Um, but I think that um, if you're looking at combined tackles for losses and sacks being around 10, I, I think he can do it, um, especially when you look at the depth that they have on the interior and the fact that teams are going to be focusing on Jordan Birch a lot. Maybe that frees Mateo up, but I don't know. I mean, I'm not even so quick to, to slot him into that starting job, seeing that the Ducks have uh, Mace Funa also at the edge. Uh, and then maybe we'll see Brandon Dorless working on the edge a little bit as well. Uh, I think he can do it, but um, it's not going to be easy. And he's definitely going to have to carve out a pretty significant role. Um, so, yeah, I think that would be that would be great. Um, Dennis, with another question, future episode idea, would love to see a video for, for us dunces that breaks down exactly what the differences are between official and unofficial visits for prospective recruits. Yeah, no, this is a great question um, that I've been asked before. Uh, I actually don't think we need a whole episode for it, but I'm always down. Um, I think really when you're looking at official and unofficial, uh, a lot of it is tied into finances. Uh, unofficial visit means that the family pays for the visit, pays for the travel, pays for the hotel, whatever it is, it's it's on their dime to come out and see the school. But official visits uh, are trips that are more or less entirely covered by the school. And that's why uh, schools only get a limited number of officials to give to recruits. You know, they're paying to fly the family out. They're, they're paying for other parts of the visit um, versus a different case when it comes to unofficial visits. Um, interesting development as far as, uh, recruits having an unlimited amount of official visits. Now that's great and all, but it doesn't change things in the eyes of schools. They still only have so many official visits that they can give out. So that's why you have to keep an eye on a guy like potentially IMG Academy offensive lineman, Jordan Seaton coming out for an official visit. It's not easy to get guys out from Florida. That is a expensive long trip. Uh, but if you can get him out for an official visit, then that's going to make it easier, I think, to, to get him on campus. Uh, Hung Nguyen with a, with a comment. Max, thank you for everything that you do. I listen to you all the time. Thank you so much for the kind words. Uh, appreciate your continued support. I love doing this. I love hitting the recruiting trail. I love talking and being an insider um, and, and getting a good feel for things around that recruiting, uh, recruiting vision and, you know, Oregon's push for the best players in the country. Uh, Playboy1625 asks, you think we get a chance, we got a chance at Kobe Black. Um, yeah, this is a tough one for sure. Um, I think that um, 
Kobe Black looks like he's trending towards Texas. I don't know when he's announcing his commitment, but he's a Texas guy. Steve Sarkeesian really sent a statement when he landed Colin Simmons, the number one of the top edge rushers. I think 247 has him as their number one edge rusher out of Duncanville. I think that it's definitely a long shot for Oregon to get Kobe Black, but fortunately for them, they did get him on campus in June. So maybe you got a little bit of a little bit of um, you know a chance there. Uh, Zahim asks, what's Oregon's chances at Eddie Pierre-Louis? I think this is a, an interesting one. It, it sounds like Oregon is, is kind of near the top of his list right now. Um, I'm trying to get him on the phone for an interview, but obviously Elite Terry being a Florida native really helps. He's a young guy that's been a huge hit on the recruiting trail with guys. Um, I think getting Eddie Pierre-Louis out for another visit for an official is, is big. He has visited on campus since Terry was hired and, and under Dan Lanning. So I think that you have a, a realistic chance at getting Eddie Pierre-Louis, but we have to see what his future trip itinerary looks like and um, when he's going to be making that decision because Oregon's biggest remaining need right now on the offensive line, I think, is at the interior spot, but you still have them going after Brandon Baker as well and maybe even staying involved with Isaiah Garcia. And then now it looks like Jordan Seaton is someone that Oregon is uh, certainly staying involved with. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Um, let's see what else that we got here. Um, we got Ruben in the chat. What's up, Ruben? Great job, Max. Appreciate you. Um, what else we got here? We have some conversation in the, in the chat. Uh, question from Marty Marr. How much playing time do you think Jurion will get? I am hearing great things from training camp and his high school highlights look bananas. Yeah, Jurion Dickey, man, he, I don't even know if wild card is the right word, but he might be a wild card in this wide receiver room. I talked about this on yesterday's episodes, looking at Oregon's fall camp checklist. I have an episode for offense and an episode for defense. Had a lot of fun there. Um, go give those a listen if you haven't already. They're also here on my YouTube channel. But I say that Jurion Dickey might be a wild card because Oregon has a lot of mouths to feed at that wide receiver spot. Troy Franklin is the talk of the town, but you also have a bunch of transfers in and Treshawn Holden, Tez Johnson, Gary Bryant Jr. It looks like Tez and Treshawn are going to have a decent role, be a, a significant part of this Will Stein offense in 23. 
but you also have Kyler Casper, who I call the sleeping giant in Oregon's wide receiver room. Six foot six, 207 pounds, athletic as hell, and a guy that just can move. He shouldn't be able to move the way he does at his size. He's he's going to be looking to, to you know bite at the heels of some of those veterans. You also have Chris Hudson. But when you're looking at Jurion, I think he's going to be going against guys like Kyler Casper, guys like Treshawn Holden for that bigger wide receiver spot. I think it's the Z spot. I could be wrong, but I'm working on getting that figured out. So I think that Jurion should get a decent amount of playing time. I think that the way that I would look at it is I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up burning his red shirt. I think I find it hard to think that he's going to be starting at some time this year, but I think he is absolutely going to be involved and be a regular in that too deep. Okay. What else do we have here? Any other, um, any other questions in the chat? Let's see what we got here. All right. Question from unbearable media. Do you think Nike will continue its commitment if Phil Knight passes? Uh, this is a, a heavy heart question, uh, but yeah, I, th- I think so. Um, I think Oregon, more than any other school, is Nike University. Obviously, Phil Knight is an alum, uh, and then you have his wife, Penny Knight. Both of them have been incredibly generous in their uh, philanthropy and gifts to the program, uh, but I know that Phil Knight is getting up there in age, so um, that's something to think about, but I don't want to spend too much time on this. I would definitely think that uh, that Oregon is... Um, is, is going to continue to get a commitment from Nike um, in, in that situation. Uh, let's see what we have here. Oh, Anton Z with a great question. Which freshman may start? Um, well, let's just look at this question uh, exclusively through the lens of the 2023 recruiting class. So true freshmen, they've never played in college. Um Man, this is a this is an interesting one. I think one guy that probably doesn't get enough talk from this freshman class is Tatum Tuioti, and I'm going to tell you why. Well, not only is he a coach's son, I don't think that that plays into it necessarily, but it does in the fact that he is super advanced from a technical standpoint. Um, I think we kind of talked about this a little bit in the past with Brandon Buckner, whose dad coached for the Arizona Cardinals. He's now uh, at Middle Tennessee State, I want to say. But Tatum Tuioti, I think he's going to have a pretty good role in this Oregon defense, even as a true freshman. So I think Tatum Tuioti is someone that you have to look at that may start. Mateo Uyunglele certainly has to be in that discussion as well. Um, Jurion Dickey could end up being a starter, but he's going to have to really, really show out. I think he has the, all the potential in the world, too. He's incredibly athletic, incredibly physical, good route runner. Um, let's see who else. I, I think that Dalen Austin may be somebody that deserves a little bit of a, a little bit of discussion. Maybe not starting right away, but I could see him potentially becoming a starter at some point. And the only reason I say that is because Oregon's cornerback room, if you're looking at the returners, Triquas, Bridges, Dante Manning, they, they've been good, not great. And um, at times, maybe not even good. Um, but the reason I say that is I feel like nobody has a safe job in that cornerback room because they brought in five corners from the high school ranks. They brought in two corners from the transfer ranks. So if we're just looking at 
freshman, I think Dalen Austin is is a guy who fits the mold of this Dan Lenny defense perfectly. Six foot one, 180 pounds. He can run, has some experience in track. He was an All-American. And then Cole Martin, I think, could end up finding himself on the field more so as a returner. But I really like the nastiness that he plays with at the cornerback spot. We just hit an hour and a half. This has to be the longest live stream that I have ever had, but I'm having a really good time. I'm getting a little bit hungry, so I might have to wind it down a little bit uh, and, and uh, get some get some lunch here soon. All right, what else do we have here? The truth with a question. Hello, Max. What do you think are the most important things to tell recruits to get them to commit to Oregon? So maybe we're looking at Oregon's pitch for recruits. I think you're looking at the development. I think that's kind of where you have to start this conversation. Um, I think that you have to maybe sell guys that have come through Oregon at a particular position. You also have to look at the overall class and the fit within the the scheme, whether that's offense or defense. Um, I think that you try to sell momentum on the recruiting trail, you know, look at all these guys that are hopping in and committing to us. Obviously, that's a tremendous vote of faith in the vision that Dan Lanning and the coaches have for this program. And you also have to look at those guys being, um, being you know, potential faces of the Oregon uh, recruiting class. I think you have to try to sell yourself as better developers than other other schools. I think you also are hearing a lot of guys being sold on being part of that first class that brings a national championship to Eugene. It's an interesting point to look at because I talked about the value of being able to sell a national championship to recruits, but I also think there's some value in being the first. I think that's part of what uh, makes Oregon unique, even though it's not ideal that they haven't won um, a national championship. I think being able to sell, you guys can be the first and make some history here. I think that also uh, factors into kind of what you want to tell a recruit to try to get them to come to Oregon and then being able to come to Oregon to play in a little bit more of a low key spot. Eugene's not a big city. There's not a lot of distractions. So you can come to Oregon and lock in, lock in on football and live in a beautiful place. Uh, the Northwest is, is amazing. I love the Northwest. I lived in Eugene for two years. So I know about all the great things that, that, uh, that it has to offer. You have some good food as well. Uh, really nice people in the Northwest and just a community that is all in on Oregon football, which is is great. And any recruit is going to want that. Um, let's see what else we have here. Uh, question from Corey. Maybe we'll make this one of the last ones. Which below the radar dudes stand a chance to make some noise this season? Yeah, I've talked about a lot of the, the freshmen already at Oregon. Um, I think that... Uh, under the radar. So what do you classify as under the radar? Um, I feel like Jordan James is somebody that maybe isn't getting talked about enough uh, ahead of the 2023 season for Oregon, the running back room. It's easy to just have all that focus and attention on Bucky and Noah. But I think Jordan James played a lot his freshman year. And uh, there's a lot of confidence in Eugene right now that he's going to be able to take that next step in his game. Burned a red shirt last year but he's got plenty of competition in that room with the the two starters, 1A, 1B, Bucky and Noah, and then Dante Dowdell and Jaden Lamar are, are nipping on his heels as well, trying to see the field as well, even as true freshmen. 
So I think Jordan James is somebody. I just talked about Tatum Tuioti. I think he's somebody that could definitely make some noise uh, this season. I think that Johnny Bowens is an interesting guy to look at. I think just the speed of the game and learning the scheme is kind of what they're trying to get him ready for. But he's a guy out of the state of Texas, a guy they flipped from Texas A&M in the 23 class that they are very high on uh, for, for his potential and what he's going to be able to do. Um, and then maybe a little bit of an under the radar guy is Nico Reed. I think he could be a very, very good solution for Oregon at corner this year comes over from Colorado played under Demetrius Martin. That's a guy that Demetrius Martin knows incredibly well. He knows what he brings to the table as a player. And then just flipping it the other way, Reed knows what Martin is like as a coach. So I think that that definitely bodes well for him to be successful in Oregon's defense. And the Ducks are looking for a leader at that position. TriQuest Bridges and Dante Manning come back. But just because these new guys come in from the portal doesn't mean that they're not going to try to be leaders and make a name for themselves and stake a claim for a piece of that uh, defense. So Kyrie Jackson is another guy that I'm excited about coming over from Alabama. Didn't have tremendous success there, but obviously he knows the blueprint. He's a six foot three DB, and I think he could make some noise as well. So I'm trying to think of other guys that could make some noise. Oh, sorry. I have to keep drinking water. It can be a little hard running these shows solo. Devin Jackson. How about we talk about Devin Jackson, inside linebacker for Oregon, all-American guy out of the state of Nebraska that they signed in 2022, um, uh, the last class with Mario Cristobal. He came to Oregon, he said, at two, 207, and now he's at 228 pounds, and he's still trying to stake his claim as the fastest guy on the team. I think Roger Pleasant would probably have something else to say, but that was one of the big things about Devin Jackson coming to Oregon, coming out of high school, was his speed, was his athleticism. Now you face the challenge of bulking up and not losing any of that. But he talked to the media for the first time this week, and he sounds really confident. Other players that we get to hear uh, from talk very highly about Devin Jackson, and we know that the Dan Lanning linebacker ideally can run, can hit, can cover. And I think that he could be kind of when we're talking about uh, Nico Reed being a solution at corner, I think Devin Jackson could end up playing a bigger role on this Oregon defense than some might have expected. Because right now that linebacker spot is kind of being dominated right now by Justin Jacobs, Jeffrey Bossa, Jamal Hill, who moves down from the secondary to be a linebacker. Um, and you also have Connor Soley or Sowell, who comes over from Arizona State. So some, some really interesting pieces at linebacker. But I think Devin Jackson is definitely a guy who qualifies as under the radar that could make some noise this year. All right. I think we're going to go ahead and wind it down there. We, an hour and 36 minutes, about to hit 37. What an awesome time. Appreciate you guys for stopping by, taking some time out of your day to talk some ball with me, talk some crouton here on the Oregon Recruiting Hour. Uh, if you haven't already, do me a quick favor, hit that like button and subscribe to the YouTube channel. I don't want to ask too many times, but the support has been great. Trying to trying to grow the show and grow the channel and share the Ducks Dish podcast with your friends, with your family, with other Duck fans. Uh, and then make sure to lock in with me on social media at Sports on Twitter and on Instagram. And make sure you stay tuned into DucksDigest.com for the latest in Oregon recruiting and Oregon football. But that'll do it for me on today's episode. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to the Oregon Rundown, the Ducks Dish podcast, and we will catch you in the next episode. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. 
a watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom. And a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style. All for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast-free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.